0: For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you certainly will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard it said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, will be answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny.
1: If you remember, we stressed more than once that in Matthew, Jesus is presented. His whole theme Jesus is the Messiah. He is the new Moses. So Jesus goes up on the mountain, just like Moses did. He, uh, Moses received the law, but Jesus gave the law. That's where the contrast is in the book of Matthew. Nobody would have missed that in the first century. We miss that because these things are not entirely in front of us, they're not our family story. Aaron just read to you what he said. We're going to read it again here in a bit. But it does it ever make your head spin whenever he says, you've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said, but I say. He's quoting the Old Testament. And then he's putting a different spin on it, it seems, that he's even changing it. There were probably people who left that sermon at that point. There were probably people who said he's changing our church. Our church has been fine for... 1,000, 1,300, 500 years, wherever they started counting it. And we've done well. And look at him. He's changing it. He is quoting Moses and then saying, but I say to you, that would have been highly offensive to many there. But there's been a fierce debate for the last 2,000 years. Was Jesus changing the law? Was he merely reinstating it by restating it and showing us what God had as his intent? Was he trying to start something new or was he trying to restart something old? Now that's very, very important because he is absolutely teaching as a man with the authority to change the words they heard from Moses off the mountain. Remember, that's what they bring up at the end. They say, we've never heard anybody do this. We have never heard anybody talk with this as if he has that kind of authority. Later in our studies, when we get to the story of the transfiguration, we will remember once again Moses and Elijah are there representing the law and the prophets, and what does God do? He breaks into the party, and he says, You look at Jesus. You listen to Jesus. There is no question what God intends for you and I to do today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. Focus on Jesus. You get your eyes off of Jesus. You can get wrapped around all kinds of things you don't want to be wrapped around, and it will not take you closer to God you want to get closer to God, look at Jesus. You need to know that I take this very seriously, and there's going to be a little personal uh, vignette here, so seriously that I got in trouble just a few years ago here. I know, <clears throat> what are the odds? <clears throat> I was interviewed, an interviewed which was later posted on social media and went viral, about how I read scripture. And I made it very plain there. My reply is that I read Paul and the prophets through Jesus, that I fear that too many of us were raised in the habit of reading Jesus through Paul. But we must read Paul through Jesus. And the question was, well, then what do we do with Paul? And I said, Paul was a fellow traveler with us. He was trying to apply the sayings of Jesus in a series of unique, independent cultures and situations. For that major Christian monthly wrote me up in a major article, and they even called me a heretic. And on Facebook, did it again a few times. Open letters were fired off. That's why I was stunned and thrilled when a friend of mine posted a quote on Facebook. I'm normally not stunned and thrilled when somebody posts a quote on Facebook. But this one was, and this person did not post it for me. He's a scholar, and he posts every day, or, or almost every day, some quotation from one of the early church fathers or from some great theologian of the past and he he must have a massive library and most of them are are okay and some of them are very helpful to me i'm saying this to me i'm sure they're all fantastic some just don't really resonate some really do but then he posted this let's put this up the laws of jesus christ are given in the sayings and teachings of christ recorded in the four biographies of christ the law is given in the personal teachings of Jesus. The Acts of the Apostles and the Epistles are applications by inspired teachers of the King to the churches and applications of the Bible to the facts of life as they arise in the world. These applications and exemplifications of the truth of the Bible to the workings of the world greatly help in the study of the Bible by the common people. But there is not a truth or a thought in the application of these parables that is not in the teaching of Jesus. The whole law of God to the world is taught by Jesus. Now, how radical is that? That's even a couple of steps past what I said. Let's go back and look at Matthew 5, 17 again. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For, I truly, for truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter. Now, the quote, again, who, who said this quote? Let's bring up the next slide, because we've seen this. It was David Lipscomb in the same magazine that called me a heretic. This is what we used to teach, and that's what we will teach again. We will get our focus off of 5,000 theological arguments and back on the life, the teaching, and the commands of Jesus Christ, and we will follow him. You cannot follow 5,000 shepherds. You cannot follow 12 shepherds, but you can follow one. Our Lord, our Messiah, is not anything or anyone, any place, other than Jesus Christ, our teacher, our savior, our Lord, and our king. And that's what he told those people they'd better be getting used to in Matthew chapter 5. When he said, I didn't come to change the law. I am the fulfillment of the law. You need to be listening to what I'm about to say. In fact, he'll even close it off by saying, you don't listen to what I say, your house is going to fall down. You're going to wash away. It's going to go because I'm the only way you can be saved. When will we listen? He is he did not come, by the way. This is important. He did not come to tell us, you know, the Old Testament was really good. Just, just toss it aside now. It's a really good use for, um, it's, it's a source. It's a good source for uh, stories, for vacation Bible schools. But other than that, no. That's our story. That's our place. These are our people. It's not like God used to like the Jews. Now he likes us. No. That's, he, he loves us, all of us. And he wants us to see how he made that plain through the centuries. And then he does tell them this, though, so you made the law outward. You need to move it in. You were so concerned about do not murder. I know some of you have Bibles that say do not kill, but it's tishma. It's a different word from killing. Do not murder. He says, listen, Jesus says, you're, you're really good at that. All right, I won't kill him except in my head, except in my heart. I'll kill the reputation. I'll kill their ability to make a living. I'll kill their marriage. I'll kill, but I won't kill them. And Jesus is going, no, no, no. There's something deeper you must go to. There are people today, and we'll get right back to that. There are people today that every so often appear in social media or and in, in writings, and they call for something called precision obedience. By that, they mean you must worship exactly according to a divinely ordained pattern, you must organize by that pattern, and you must move and act only within a divinely ordained pattern. And if you don't do it perfectly, then you've disobeyed God, and you are in danger of judgment. And yet here, Jesus begs to differ. In verse 19, he says, and if you get it all wrong, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. What? You're still in? Yeah. If that offends you, take it up with the guy in charge. He said it. It's in verse 19, his first sermon, as if he wanted us to understand something. He is the law, but he is also grace. Follow him. You get it wrong, you're you're in. Now, if you're wondering in heaven will you get a uniform with no stripe? No, it's an expression. It's a Semitic thing. It's going to say, you know, you're not going to be shoving a whole lot of treasures ahead of you, but you're still there. You're still there. I want you to think of a book or a movie with a surprise ending that changed everything about the movie. To me, the classic version of this it was a movie long time ago called The Sixth Sense. You thought you knew what the movie was about. You thought you knew, you thought you knew, you thought you knew. And at the very last two minutes... You're going, I didn't know the movie was about that. And I'm not going to spoil it for you for those people that are 25 years late to the party. <sighs> so don't, don't get all tense if that's in your Netflix queue. Uh, but when we watched it, Cammie and I looked at each other and go, we're watching that again tomorrow night. Now, some of you would say we're going to watch it right now, but at our age, tomorrow night will do. We can, we can live with a mystery for overnight sleep. We can do that. So we watched it again. It was a whole different movie. Jesus is telling them to go back and watch the movie again. Because they thought they knew what the Old Testament was all about. And then Jesus stands up and he goes, it was about me. Now go back and read the poetry. Go back and read the, story, the battle stories. Go back and read the movement stories, the, the pilgrimage stories. Go back and look at the bronze serpent on the... On a a stake put up by Moses. Look at all of that now and then see Jesus. Now it's a different movie. In fact, whenever he talks to the men that are on the road to Emmaus at the end of his life on earth, he turns to them and he explains to them everything the old scriptures had to say about him. It changes the movie, it changes everything. That's why we read the Old Testament today. It's not passe, it points to Jesus. So Jesus starts to show them how this changes the movie. in Verses 21 and 22. We'll take the time to read that. You've heard it said to people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who's angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister Raha, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in the danger of the fire of hell. All of a sudden... Six million Facebook accounts close. (laughs) He's quoting Exodus 20 in verse 13, but he takes it forward. Don't allow, and next week we go into great detail on this. I'll be speaking up here with Lauren, and we've been working hard on this. We're going to talk a lot about how far out should you put your gates to protect yourself. Jesus says here, don't even start the process of hating your brother. Don't even start that process don't start the process of saying or or somebody not you know that's that's an idiot and is 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 um misbehaved in public don't call them you fool don't allow those thoughts in your head people how hard is that when a news media wants you to pick sides about everything everything and whenever our tv shows want us to pick sides about everything and award shows want us to pick sides about everything no i don't have to I've told the story before, but I'm not sure here. A good friend of mine, uh, and a great guy in Scotland, uh, as 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 Scottish as the day is long, and uh, he Albert decided to come across. And Albert knows I tell this story. Albert decided to come across to visit us. So over there at the airport, you, you have a good flight, Albert. And he goes, Oh, oh, I did. He goes, uh, Now, do you like British Airways better than this that, and the other? And I was going, You know, I don't don't really have much of an opinion about that, Albert. And so we go to my car, and he gets in, then he gets out because he's on the wrong side and goes around the other side. And uh, it's always like, oh, America, they give me a wheel as well. No, no, it's over there now. So, and he sits in, but anyway, we get in, and he goes, do you like driving a left hand or right hand better? And I said, Albert, I usually find that to be country-dependent uh, as to which side I, I prefer. We got, got him back to the house, turned on the television, and he's watching, he goes, do you like American tally better than British tally? And I'm going... So I turned it off, I looked at him and said, Albert, you don't have to have an opinion about everything. And as God is my witness, next words out of his mouth, do you think that's better than than, uh, you don't have to have an opinion, you don't have to pick a side, you can instead decide not to let the roots bloom in your heart that would one day lead you to murder. Whether murder of a physical body, or again, a reputation, or a marriage. No, I'm I'm not I'm not going to do that. Beliefs become actions, which become attitudes. And every criminal who has said, I don't know why I did it, I've never thought about doing something like that, is lying, unless they were on meth, or some similar substance. Because truly, we do what we thought about. It works in our head first. In a world where accusations and insults are instantly broadcast on social media, Jesus warns us to not only not call somebody a fool, but don't think it. Refuse to even go there with your head. You can disagree with a person without resorting to downgrading their value as a person or to society. You can disagree with them without changing their value in your heart. Jesus calls us from anger to reconciliation. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it. While you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you'll not get out until you paid the last penny. He's saying, negotiate, work it out, make it okay. He doesn't tell you, if you're right, hold your ground. He says, settle with them. Why? Because God, reconciliation is more important than your sense of personal justice. Let's just do it this way instead. Let's go this way. He doesn't even tell you who's wrong. It's kind of like when Paul, and by the way, I may be butchering these names, but they've been dead a long time, so I can't ask them. Paul talks to Yodia and Syntyche and and Romans and says, just agree with each other. He doesn't even bring up what they're arguing about, who might be more right than the other. He just said, "Just, just agree with each other. How hard is that? It's really hard unless your eyes are on Jesus and your goal is reconciliation, not being proven right. How radical is this? If Jesus is our Lord and King, we live life without enemies. None. And the gentleman that called me heretic is my brother in Christ. He's going to heaven too. And I'm, I'm thrilled. If he ever needs anything, I hope he calls me first. Why? Because I... I don't have anything against them. Not a thing. I used to. I used to back years and years and years ago. I lived like that. People, I don't want to live like that anymore. I, I want to live like Jesus said. I don't have an enemy on the planet. There's a comedian who I once heard. that says, I don't have a girlfriend, but I know a girl who would be angry if she heard me say that. <laughs> let her percolate. Let her work. I love that line, because I've often thought, I don't have an enemy on the world, but I know some people that would be surprised when they heard that, because they, they think I'm their enemy, and no, no, you're not mine. We're not told to make them right, we're told to reconcile, and that's radical, and Jesus is just getting started. Jeff, would you bring your team back up? And While they're getting back up, maybe even to help them get to the stage, let's all stand, would you please? I'm a little concerned here because I got through most of my points in the 15, 18 minutes I had. My main concern is that you're going to think, why doesn't he do that every Sunday? And the, uh, Hush. And the, reason, and the reason is, as I told Mark last week, this is my only gig. Let me do it. All of this said, there's no question, people. Jesus is Lord, will always be Lord. We are not Lord. We should not confuse ourselves with him. A man once was in my face saying, you are arguing against God. And I said, no, I'm arguing against you, and I can tell the difference. That did not help. (laughs) If you know the end of the story, go back and see the movie again. All of the Old Testament, all of the universe points to Jesus. He is the hinge point of all totality. The only open question is, will we get it? Will we listen Will we focus on Jesus and live a radically altered life? Let's pray. Father, we commit to your Son as our Lord, our Savior, our Messiah, our King. There is none other. We surrender all. In the name of Jesus, Father, we declare that Fourth Avenue is a place where Jesus will be held ascendant and where we focus on him. And the whole church says, Amen. Amen.